this morning. You know what? So many times we get we get comfortable in that in that worship state of just sitting. I'm going to encourage you this morning to lift your hands and worship this morning. God, He loves the praises of His people. Amen. Raise your hands this morning and sing with us. Well, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met It's not about, it's not about holding back. 
Amen. Amen, church. Hallelujah. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of
that sometimes we need to sing a little louder? How many know that sometimes we need to say it a little louder? Because the enemy wants to come with fear, and he wants to come with intimidation. He wants to come with timidity, and he wants us to be still. But God wants our voices to rise up. Amen? He's called us to be voices for him in the kingdom. Amen? So sometimes we just have to sing a little louder. Sometimes we have to say it a little louder. Sometimes we have to say it over and over and over again in the face of the enemy because he needs to back down, not us. Amen? Sometimes we just need to be a little louder. I was up early this, this week on Friday, and I was just seeking God. And this, this scripture that it gave me, I, we all know I'm a crier, but this scripture actually made me weep. How many know we've got to have a hope right now? And he is our hope. Amen? Scriptures say we don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in horses. That's a means that God uses to get where we need to be. But we've got to trust in God. He is our hope. And this nation and people in general need hope right now. And we're that hope to them because God's in us. Amen? So the scripture he gave me is in Exodus 14. It's familiar. Y'all going to know. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. It goes on to say, and the Lord said, the Lord will fight. He said, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. But it doesn't stop because so many times we think we just stand still, right? We don't do anything. We just stand still and we let God do it all. That's not what God says. First, he said, don't fear. Then we have to position ourselves and be ready for what God's going to do. We've got to prepare our heart. We've got to get in place. We've got to expect for God to move, amen, in the ways and places that only he can do. We've got to pray. We've got to wait for instruction. And we have to hold our peace. Do not let the enemy come in and take your peace because right now, fear and many other things are trying to come in and say, oh, that's it. Oh, it's the end. Oh, it's done. Mm -mm. God is still the God that makes a way where there is no way. He is still the God that makes roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He is still that same God today and wants to work for us. Amen. It goes on to say, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, go forward go forward. So they waited for the instruction of the Lord to move. Amen. But they prayed. Remember Elijah prayed for rain and he said, go see, is it raining yet? No rain. Go see, is it raining yet? He expected and he prayed. We have got to expect and pray right now that God will move personally, corporately, and in America. We cannot give up. We cannot sit down. We cannot back down. It is time to pray and say, is it raining yet? Is the rain coming yet? Is the rain on the way yet? But we can't give up, amen? But the Lord goes on to say, but lift up your rod. So we hold on to God's word and we stand in faith, amen? Because God's got something. And breakthrough requires us to stand, hold on to our peace, pray, wait for the instruction of the Lord, and watch for what he's going to do, amen? There's a grace when the heart is out. 
maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. today I want to remind you today stop looking at the Lord as how you think that the Lord should be you need to look at the Lord at what he says he is stop looking at the Lord and what you think or what man says start looking at the Lord and what he says listen to me today listen to me today the enemy would like to come in and cause confusion and and cause fear and destruction but let me tell you God gets the last word. Woo! 
you're a good God and a God that loves us God your grace is abundant your grace is abundant towards us so Lord we surrender to you God we surrender to you God all that we are God as a people God, as a person, God, you. God, we give our hearts to you. God, and we cry, Lord, today, Lord. Cover us under your grace. God, you have us in the palm of, of your hand. We worship you and we honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I feel the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning if you can. How many believe that God is up to something? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? I, I could tell you this much. Even with everything that's going on this week, and I don't even really want to get into it, but even with everything that's going on this week, can I just tell you this? That I feel a stirring in my heart that God is doing something. God is doing something. Regardless of what it looks like, God is doing something. And I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for us. And we just got to trust him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You know what? If you are a guest with us today, it is an honor to have you here today. And uh, we hope that, that you were, were brought in welcome this morning. And uh, I, I can hope, folks, can we do this? Can we give all of our guests this morning a hand clap of welcome? And something else I would like to do today, uh, coming up this, I believe it's Wednesday, this Wednesday is Veterans Day. And how many are grateful for the men and the brave, brave men and brave women that have served in our military and you are thankful for those people? Can you do me a favor? 
If you have served in any branch of the military at any time, would you stand to your feet in this place? Come on, I know there's got to be somebody in here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, let's give them a hand clap. Thank you. Can I tell you, we honor you, and we are grateful for some of you, for, for, for all of you, for all the sacrifice that you made, and, and, and maybe being away from your family for a stint of time, and we say thank you for serving and, and protecting us and keeping us, and we just wanted to honor you today. I'm, I'm grateful for all of our veterans, and I actually have a few veterans in, in my family and I tell you what, it, it just kind of gets me teared up when I start thinking about those, those people who have served. And I am grateful for you. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. I might just have a hard time getting going today, but once I get going, this train's just going to keep rolling and rolling. I can tell you that. Uh, I also wanted to just, uh, uh, just kind of give this a little bit of an announcement I don't know if many of you heard uh, that uh, Bernice Deckard, is that right? Did I get that right? Okay. Uh, had passed away, I believe it was Friday. Is that, is that right? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to call you out or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know, if you didn't know that, uh, the service is going to be Tuesday. Is that right? Tuesday. Uh, and the visitation's at 10 and the service is at 1. And, uh, and it's, you say, hey, I, I may not be able to make that, but this is what I want us to do as a church. Uh, we could pray for the family. We could pray for the Englands. And so uh, if you can't make it, then that's fine. But I, I ask you to just gird them in prayer uh, through this time and just ask the Lord to wrap his loving arms around them. And I just wanted to kind of let you guys know about that and, and what's going on. I believe God is doing something. Do you believe that today? I believe God is doing something. I, I had pretty much planned uh, what I wanted to kind of speak about in the month of November. <clears throat> and uh, November being one of my, my favorite months because it, uh, it's my birthday, you know, my birthday month, right? And so, uh, and I want to say thank you for everybody who wished me a happy birthday and told me I was getting old and losing my hair and getting uglier and all that good stuff and uh no uh and uh some of you really did I'm just saying but uh I forgive you see the Lord is working on me right now <laughs> no I, I I had a good birthday this week and uh, uh so and I just want to say thank you for everyone that did that but this week has just been a, a full week for me and in the midst of doing a lot of things I've just really felt like the hand of God has just been kind of leading me and, and helping me along. How many know that we need that in our lives? If you don't, this pastor does up here, okay? Uh, and I wanted to, uh, I had my whole month of, of November kind of figured out on what I was wanting to speak on, and I just felt quickened in my heart to kind of shift this week, and I may continue on with what I was going to do in the next following weeks, but uh, I just felt the shift in my heart with, with everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, the enemy likes to cause chaos and confusion. God does not operate that way. He is not the author of confusion. That's biblical. 
And uh, so uh, that's how, we'll just leave that right there. But uh, be, in, be in prayer for the state of, of our, our nation. And one way or the other, whether you agree or don't agree, uh, do me a favor. Promise you'll pray for the president of the United States, regardless of who it is. Amen. And so uh, I and but I've just felt a stirring in my heart this week. And it's just been a uh, kind of a crazy week. And, uh, you know, and it just kind of an up and down week. And you're just kind of like, what in the world is going on? Uh, but God reminded me of something. And I, I felt like that God had laid a word on my heart here and kind of settled this in my heart. And a matter of fact, he settled this into my heart last night. Uh, I, was, I was really unsure uh, what I was going to speak on, but he settled this in my heart. I also wanted to say this. You know what? I want to give uh, uh, accolades and kudos to our church. Yesterday, we did something, um, and you say, well, I, I saw it on social media, but I didn't know anything about it. I want, you could say that's TJ's fault, okay? And the reason being is yesterday, we were, as a, com- uh, as a church, we were able to come here And we were able to donate 576 boxes of food to our community. And you say, well, TJ, I didn't know anything about it. I I didn't get the word. You didn't mention it last Sunday. That's because I did not even know that this food was coming until about Tuesday uh, Tuesday late in the afternoon. And so it was kind of a, a quick decision. But what God, this is cool. Look at God. Look what God does. God opened a door for our church to be able to do this. And it looks like that we're going to be able to do this uh, continually, maybe on a monthly basis or maybe even a biweekly basis where we could be an outreach of love to our community. What I, this is amazing to me because yesterday I saw uh, that, you know, our, our church people rally, rally together. I mean, those who were able to be here. If you weren't here, don't feel bad about it, okay? You may not have known about it, but we'll do a lot better job of, of, of letting you know the next time that we do that because we'll have a little bit better grip on what we're doing. But I watched our church people rally together, and we, we were able to pray with people. And we, as we handed out food, we didn't just say, here's some food, here's a physical need. We, we reached out to them and said, hey, do you have a need? Is there something that we could pray for you about? Even in a line of dropping food into cars, you would be surprised at the amount of people who would just who would stop and say, you know what? Yeah, can you pray for this or can you pray for that? I have a test this week at the doctor. Can you pray for me? I have a need, my son or my daughter or this. And it was amazing to see what God is doing. God is stirring something. Amen. And God is preparing his church. God is preparing his bride and he's changing our focus. He's refocusing his bride. I, now, listen, there's nothing wrong with, with where the church is or what it's done. I, 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 I'm not worried about that. But I could tell you this, that God is taking us somewhere. And if we'll just trust him and let him lead and guide us, and he'll show up on Tuesday and say, hey, hey, can we send you 500 boxes of food? And we'll say, yes. Hey, man. You know what was cool about that? They called me, and I said, at first I thought, what's the hitch? Or, you know, what, what's the deal here? What, what, what do we have to give you? What, what, what do we have to do? Because normally when you get free food like that, there's some kind of stipulation. Well, you have to do this. Or you, if this is government, so you can't pray for people. You can't do this. They said, all you have to do is hand it out, and you can do whatever you want. You want to pray with people? Go for it if you want to do that. And I thought, man, God, you are so cool. Because you just, you teed up the ball and let us just hit a home run that easy. And so, and so I, am, I am so grateful for what God is doing. 
Man, and if you didn't get a chance to see some of those pictures, check it out on Facebook. And I promise you we'll do a better job of advertising. And, and we want you to be a part of that. And you say, well, I don't know if I could do all that. We'll find a place for you to do something that day, I promise you. We had kids out on the road waving signs saying, free food. And you know what? It's funny. People drive by. They kind of have rubbernecks. They go, free food? <laughs> And, uh, but it was such an honor to bless so many people and to be a part of that. And I'm just, I just say this, God, in the vein of whatever you're doing, let me get in there and just let me go in the flow of that. Amen? And that's my heart's cry. But as I was preparing last night, I just, I wanted to just, uh, you know, I just felt in my heart there was something that was just stirring. And, uh, and I felt like that I just needed to speak to you guys today. If you have your Bibles, uh, please go to Second Kings. And we're going to be in the sixth chapter. And when you have it, say, I got it. And if you don't have it, you can look on the screen. If you got it, say, I got it. All right. Four of you got it. All right, let's do this. And it says this. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that he may see. Let me read that again. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And I want to talk to you today on this simple subject right here, and that is that we may see. Everyone look at your neighbor and say that we may see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your anointing. God, I'm thankful for the presence that I feel in this place. God, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to work, God. I pray, Lord, that seeds would be planted, Lord, that hearts would be changed. God, I, I pray, Lord, that you, your spirit would begin to, to move and convict. And God, and just draw us into your presence and draw us to a closer relationship with you. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm, I, I want to remind you today, and you've heard me talk about this on, on several occasions since I've been here, uh, but I would just want to give a little recap and a reminder here. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, it says this. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, for by it, the elders obtained a, a good report. All right, so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That is the biblical definition of faith, okay? That's a biblical definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things, even when I don't see it, you're working. That's called faith, okay? All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. This is one of my favorite Bible verses in all the Bible. I love this one, and, and it's simple. It says, for we walk by, not by we walk by and not by. All right, good. There's a story here, and, I'm, I, and there was a nun who worked for a local home health care agency, uh, was out making her rounds, and, when she ran out of, and she ran out of gas. And as luck would have it, there was a station just down the street. So she walked to the station to borrow a can with it uh, to get enough gas to start the car and drive it to the station to fill up. The attendant uh, regretfully told her that the only can he owned had just been loaned out, but if she would care uh, to wait, he was sure it would be back shortly. Since the nun was uh, on her way to see a patient, she decided not to wait and walked back to her car. After looking through her car for something to carry to the station 
to fill with gas. She spotted a bedpan that she was taking to the patient. Always resourceful, she carried it to the station, filled it with gasoline, and carried it back to her car. As she was pouring the gas into the tank of her, her, her car, two men walked by, and one of them turned to the other and said, Now that's what I call faith. Oh, that's cute, isn't it, right there? Can I tell you this? As the people of God, we are called to be people of faith. Amen? And we are called to, uh, to have faith not by what we see and not by what we feel. And let me tell you this. That's easy to talk about, but that's a lot harder to walk out. Right? It's easy to say, hey, we walk by faith and not by sight. I could say that all day long. But when you're in the midst of walking through something like that, it's awfully hard when, when there's utter chaos in your life. <laughs> and it's hard to walk that out. God, I, I, I don't know what you're doing, God. I'm, I'm very confused. Right? Have you ever been there before? Uh, I'm convinced that the older I get and the more I begin to understand that God is looking out for me. I'm starting to realize that. He, can I tell you this? God sees your best interest for you. God sees my best interest for me. And here's what I know. When God's looking out for me, this is what happens. Supernatural things are happening around me that I may not even see with my physical eyes, but they're happening in a spiritual realm. All right? You guys with me? See, but here's the problem. It's not that they're not happening. The problem is this. I... Or we don't always see them. Right? So we know things are happening around us. And, but sometimes in my own physical eyes, I miss what God is doing because I'm seeing things and I'm, and I'm believing things and I'm thinking things in my own physical self. Right? All right. So 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. Jump down to me with ver- to verse 8. And I, I love this story. This is a great story. Uh, then the king of Syria uh, warred against Israel and took counsel with the servants, saying, In such and such place shall be my camp. <clears throat> Verse 9. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware thou, uh, that thou pass not such a place, for, for thither the Syrians are come down. Verse 10. And the king of Israel sent to this place, which the man of God told him and warned him of, and the servant himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was, was sore troubled for, for, this king, uh, for this thing. And he called his servant and said unto them, we, Will ye not show which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, oh, that pesky Elisha, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bed chamber. All right, I'm going to stop right there. I don't know about you, that, that last line, the, the, the Elisha would tell what the king was speaking in his bed chamber. Now, that makes most, some of you go, whoo. 
But check this out. So this is what's happening here. So the king of Syria, he's trying to mount an attack on the, on the, king of, on the people of Israel. And the king of Israel, he's got this, this little uh, prophet. His name's Elisha. I say little prophet. But this man of God that is working and, and praying and interceding on, uh, for, for God's will. And so the king of Syria is saying, hey, I'm going to go this way. And the king of Israel, he's, he's one step ahead because Elisha says, hey, we need to get out of here. Let's go this way. And so when, when the king of Syria makes a move, the king of Israel's already made a move, and he's one step behind. How many know that the enemy is one step behind what God is doing? All right? And so I, 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 as I read this, I, the, my first point here is this, and this is what we need to know, okay? Number one, number one, number one, you can write this down. Protection. Everyone say protection. Protection. Can I say this? The anointing on your life by the Holy Spirit will protect you. It is preventative maintenance for the woes and the situations that life or the enemy wants to throw at you. The old saying says this, that an ounce of uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's Ben Franklin. So what he said, but can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit will protect you. He'll protect you by being, number one, listen to this, proactive in your life. Like Elisha was for the king of Israel. He was being proactive. The king of Syria is saying, hey, I'm going to come attack you here. Guess what? He got there, and the king had already moved. I love that. I love that. So this is what we know. The king of Israel was zigging when the Syrians were zagging. The Syrians were going left, and the Israelites had, and the king had already moved right. One step behind. The enemy is always one step behind what God is doing. Now, if you don't believe that in your heart, you need to check yourself this morning. Listen, how many know that when you, when you are in step with the Holy Spirit, You'll stay ahead of the enemy. Some of you say, oh, I don't know why my life is so terrible. Number one, you're probably not staying directly in step with the Holy Spirit because I promise you, if you are in step with the Holy Spirit, the enemy is lagging behind you. He will protect you through preventative anointing. See, I'm the youngest of, of, of three siblings, and I have two older siblings. And let me tell you something. I learned something from my older siblings. What not to do? What not to say to mom and dad? What, how not to act? And I was just smart enough to go, I'm not going to be as dumb as my brother. And I'm not going to be a smart mouth like my sister. Because I want mom and dad to like me. It's true. You could tell them if they were here, they'd tell a different story. But I promise, I learned so much from them. I remember how I, you know, this is how much I learned. My parents, and maybe they just, they backed off on their parenting. I don't know. Uh, as I grew up, my, my parents were very strict on my, my, my brother and sister. But I watched them make terrible choices. And as I watched them make terrible choices, I was taking inventory and taking note. This is what you don't do, TJ. This is, how, this is not what you say. This is how you act. This is what, what you've got to do. And so when I turned 16 and when I was able to drive and when I, when I was able to date, guess what? My parents backed up on the curfew. They said, it's okay. Because you know why? Because this is how I was. It's 11 o'clock at night. There's nothing really going on anywhere. So I'll just go home. My parents say, be home at 11. I'd be home at 1030. 
I don't know. That was just who I was. But I learned something, and I learned from their mistakes. Can I tell you this, that the Holy Spirit will work things out for you. He will go before you. He will protect you. I remember when I was, when I was young, and I had this opportunity, and I was supposed to, I was in band, and I was supposed to go to this band competition, and uh, ended up, we had a conflict. I had a conflict in scheduling. And, and my parents had scheduled something else for, for us to do. So me and my sister, which were both in band, were supposed to go to this band competition. And we decided that we would go with our parents to whatever they were taking us to. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but we were going somewhere else. And I remember uh, we went with my parents. And I remember hearing just a little bit later, uh, later in the day, that the band bus that we were on uh, and was coming back from competition had had a really bad accident. Uh, the the uh, many of the students, some of the kids broke their backs. The 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 band director broke his knee. The bus flipped over and rolled down an embankment. And I remember thinking, man, God, you protected me. You kept me out of that scenario. And I can't help but think today that many of us would not be dealing with the woes and, or the bus flipping over in our life and the pains that we feel if we would just listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do and to follow his guidance. Amen? Verse 13 says this. So he said, this is the king of Syria, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, Surely he is in Dothan. There before he <coughs> sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And I love what you said. The scripture says that, Sula. It does say some trust in chariots and horses. And I think there's, this is just God just kind of poking fun here. So the Syrian king's like, I'm going to send the chariots and I'm going to send the horses that direction because guess what? I'm going to surround him. God's not scared of what the enemy sends at him. Can I tell you this? Listen. When Jesus died on the cross, when he rose from the dead, he defeated the enemy. It's done. It's done. So it says this. And, th and there they came by night and surrounded the city. Boy, does that sound like the enemy. Have you ever felt surrounded in your life? You ever felt like the enemy had you cornered? You ever felt like you were backed into the corner? And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army. So this wasn't Elisha. This was the servant of, of Elisha. And he gets up early, and he goes outside, and he sees the army. He probably didn't think that his morning coffee, when he was going to make his coffee at the campfire, that there would be an army surrounding them. And there was an army surrounding them and the city with, with, the, with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, talking to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do so the first one that i that i told you was simply this protection the holy spirit wants to protect you i would say the holy spirit wants to protect you now here's the second thing i want to talk to you about today number two protection number one is protection number two is this perspective perspective synonyms for perspective is this mindset Here's another one, attitude. What is your mindset? What is your attitude? What is your perspective? See, there's two guys in this story, and they have two different perspectives here. Two guys in this story, and they, they both have two different perspectives, and, and two different mindsets, and two different attitudes. 
How many know that perspective makes a difference? Perspective makes a difference. I'll I'll give you a good example. A football team that comes in with the perspective that they're going to lose. I've never seen a winning coach come in and say, well, guys, let's come in with the perspective that we're going to go get beat today. No, no, no. Perspective makes a difference. So, number one, here's the first perspective I want to talk about was the servant. The servant. Number one, this is what we know about the servant. This is how he felt. Number one, that he felt in his perspective was this. He felt surrounded. Everyone say surrounded. Sometimes you go to sleep and everything is all right, but then you wake up in the morning and everything's chaos. Right? And sometimes we go to sleep and we receive a phone call that maybe someone has committed suicide. And sometimes we receive a phone call or we hear that or we may be we may hear from a doctor that we've been diagnosed with a chronic illness. And can I tell you this as a as a pastor, my first notion and thought when those things happen to me is I have to really guard my perspective. Because I don't know about you, TJ likes to come out. And I have to subdue that sometimes. And I'm like, ooh, I have to bridle this, Lord, help me. And when I feel surrounded, you know what I do? You know, when you get surrounded, what do you do when you get pushed in a corner by a bully? You come out swinging, right? Because you don't like being pushed in the corner, right? And that's what happens to us. Can I tell you this? Um, as a pastor, when those things happen, when I get those type of phone calls, I automatically, I have to say, God, help me, help me to, to go through this. Help me to understand this. Lord, it seems impossible to me physically. I feel like I'm surrounded. I feel like they're surrounded. This is happening to this person, and I feel that. But can I tell you this? There is, and this happens, and this is, this is what happens when we feel like we're surrounded is this. We have, we, there is sight, but there is no vision. Because you know who, what, 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 uh, what Elisha's, uh, uh, what, what was it, Elisha? Gehazi, that's his name. Gehazi, you know what Gehazi saw there? He saw, he could see the enemy, but he had no vision. The guy had been walking with the prophet of God. He had seen the prophet of God do miracles. But there he is, and he is scared to death because guess what? He has sight, but he has no vision. God help us. And this is what happens. We have sight, and this is a way to know that, because we're focused on the problem and not the answer to the problem. See, I don't know about you. I, I, I begin to think about this. I'm thankful for my enemies. I really am. I really am. And here, I'm going to give you some perspective, because Psalms 23, 5 says this. says this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. David, in this psalm that most of us can quote for verbatim, all the way through, Psalms 23, 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When you feel like you're surrounded by your enemies, you know what David says? Pull up a chair, get to the table, because God's about to feed you relax, chill out. I don't know why David sounds like a hippie. (laughs) 
But I'm here to tell you that God is preparing a table. If you feel surrounded in your heart, when you feel like it's impossible, can I tell you, God is preparing a table before you. Here's the second thing. He, the, the servant, his perspective was this. Number one, he was surrounded. Here's the second thing that he was. He was intimidated. Intimidation. One of the key uh, methods of attack by the enemy on believers is through what? Intimidation. Intimidation. Any good bully works through intimidation tactics. Right? Can I tell you this? Intimidation, when we're intimidated, guess what? I'm going to give you something super, super powerful. You can take this home. Intimidation makes us timid. That was a joke. Okay, it's all right. But this is what I know. Fear paralyzes us into non-action sometimes as leaders and as believers. When we don't know what to do, sometimes we just freeze. There's this story, and I, I, I don't have any stories, so I always tell stories on my, my wife and Wyatt. The other kids, I usually leave alone pretty good. But, but there's this story <clears throat> when Zaley was, was little and Novak, uh, Zaley was probably maybe three, and Novak was probably, I don't know, one. I don't know how far apart they are. I can't remember. But those are my kids, just in case you know. All right. So, and, and, and we came home on the 4th of July one night. We had been over with some friends, and we had a Great Dane. We had this Great Dane, and his name was Cecil. We name all our dogs after, <clears throat> I hope none of these are your names, but we like using old names for our dogs, okay? And so we named our Great Dane Cecil. If your name's Cecil, I'm not saying that you're old. I'm just saying that we named our dog after you. Okay, so Cecil... Cecil, he had been hearing fireworks all day, and he was probably panting, but he's just moving forth and surrounding him three days, and I see her hit, hit the water, and I knew right away that that was not good. And so Tristan is holding little Wyatt, and, it's, and Zaley was pretty good for just a moment there, and I go, and as soon as I pick her up, there she is, and her her head is gashed open right here by her eyebrow where she hit her head and there's this big old slit and how many know that when you cut your head in any form or fashion man it just bleeds and so I pick her up and all I see is just blood just starting to gush down her face and so I, I grab her and I and I'm like okay and I went to EMT TJ real fast. So I pick her up, and I grab her, and I go to the kitchen because I'm like, I don't know why. I just thought I need to go to the kitchen, get her over the sink, and, and, and get some water, get some rags, whatever I needed to do, right? So there I am, and I take her in there, and, and Tristan is holding Wyatt, doing kind of what she can. But she walks in, and she sees Zaley, and she sees her head gashed out. And I have Zaley kind of sitting on the counter, and I'm looking at her, and I'm holding her. And I'm like, and she's bleeding really bad, and I don't want to take my hands off of her because I've got her just on the counter, and I didn't want her to fall again or hurt herself again. And so I'm there, and I'm like, Tristan, I need, I need some rags, and I need, I need some ice. And I'm sitting there, and Tristan's just sitting there. She's holding uh, uh, Wyatt, and she's just sitting there looking at Zaley. And I remember it was taking her way too long for, for what I thought that she should have been able to get me, get me something. And I looked at her and I said this, these words. And I looked at her and I said, Tristan, because I knew she needed to hear me. I said, Tristan, I know that this is your baby. But what I need you to do right now is to get me some rags and some, some ice so I can help to mend this wound. 
And soon, as soon as I said that, she, she kind of came to, she, I guess she was in shock for that moment. And, but she was paralyzed because of what she saw. And I don't know about you, but I hope the Lord would speak to you. And he would say this, Don Flynn, I need you right now to go get some ice and some rags because I'm working on something. And I believe God is calling us out of that. The enemy wants to cause fear and paralysis to the church of God, to the people of God. And can I tell you this? Fear is the little dark room where negatives are developed. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. If you're under 30, you're probably like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Negatives. You used to take pictures with, you know, cameras with film. And you, okay. You can look it up. Google it. There you go. But here's what I know. Fear of stepping out oftentimes leads to a negative mindset. Can I tell you this? God didn't call us to walk in fear or a negative mindset. Neither one of them. See, 1 John 4, 8 says this, perfect love, what? Cast out. Perfect love, cast out. Right? So, uh, God is love, right? God is love. Perfect God, cast out fear. Can I tell you this? It's my job to step in in faith and say, hey, God, I trust your guidance. God, I trust your timing. God, I trust your process. If you're stalled in fear, you need to ask yourself with this question and listen to this. Does this fear come from the Lord or does this come from the adversary? Many of us know that, but 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. So ask yourself that. Hey, am I operating in fear? Am I moving in fear? Because what, what, let me tell you something. If you're moving in fear or you feel like anxiousness in your heart, God doesn't operate that way. He operates in peace. He operates in love. And he operates in faith. Verse 16 says this. So he answered, do not fear. This is Elisha. And he says, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can I tell you something today? You and God make a majority. You know why? He's a big God. <laughs> He's a big God. So look at this, the prophet's perspective. Look at this, the prophet's perspective. This is what the prophet did. Number one, this is the first thing that the prophet did, okay? It was this, look up. Look up. See, uh, here's the thing. Maybe you don't see it yet, but I'm telling you, look up. Look up. Trust God. When you're surrounded, sometimes the only place you can look is what? I love that, right? Look up. Uh, Psalms 121 says this. I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And here's the problem with that verse. Here's the problem with me and here's the problem with us so, so often. We often read that so quickly we miss the middle question there. We think, we read it and we say, uh, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. 
and we stop right there. And we think our help comes from the hills. But look, there's a little question in there that fixes that, that statement that we know that it doesn't come from the hills. It says, from whence comes my help? I think David there is correcting himself. He says, I, I, I look to the hills, but whence comes my help, Lord? It's not the hills that my help comes from. My help comes from you. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. See, Elisha, he knew where to look for help. And how often do we as the people of God know where to look for help but act in our own knowledge and our own experience? Woo. Guilty. I say this. You know, what? The, the unique thing about algebra, how many love algebra in the, in the building? I like five people. That's awesome. Okay, so algebra, the unique thing about algebra is this. When I, when I went to school, I don't know if they do this now because school's different and I'm old, but uh, when I went to school in algebra, all the answers for my algebra questions were in the back of the book. They were. They were. You could go to the back of the book and you could look it up and go, oh, page 33, question 6 uh, should be negative 8. Okay, so then you could go back and, and you could look at the problem and, if, and, and so you could check your, your work. You see, and I always thought, boy, that's just weird. Why are they giving you the answers? And the reason that they were giving the answers is because they, they basically w were wanting to see if you could figure out the process to get the answer. That's all they were, they were interested in, not really in you getting the answer as much as we want to know how the process, how you got the answer. And can I tell you this, as the people of God, listen to me, as the people of God, as the people of God, Jesus is already the answer. You know what's cool about an algebra equation? If you take the answer and, and you have this variable on one side of the equal sign, there's a variable, right? And let's say you have like 1B minus 8 equals whatever, okay? So you have the answer, but if you do something there, uh, the order of operations and you reverse that, some of you are with me, some of you are like, I left algebra back at high school, all right? So you have the order of operation and you reverse order of operations, you can find the solution. Can I tell you that Jesus is already the answer? All you need to do is do the reverse order of operations and put Jesus over into the solution and then you'll get your answer and God has already answered that prayer. I think if I was at a math conference, they'd be like, Woo! <laughs> I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. Verse 17 says this. And Elisha prayed. Hmm. So Elisha, first thing he did, look up. Next thing he did, prayed. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Open his eyes. Here's the second thing in the, in, in, in the prophet's perspective. Open his eyes. Open his eyes, he said. When your eyes are open, we not only see the problem, but we see the solution. 
Something about seeing the solution that puts our problems into proper perspective. I'll give you an example right here. You need money? Money's the solution. That helps put that into perspective, right? <laughs> Something about seeing the solution that puts our, our problems into proper perspective. See, Psalms 27 says this. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. I'm going to go ahead and just read that on just a little bit further because let me tell you, that, that verse resonates to me. Psalms 27, it says this, uh, uh, it says this, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I love that. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me in this, I will be confident. There's one thing that I ask in thy desire of the Lord, and that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. How many believe and know that God will uphold you? Bible says his right hand is strong. When you feel weak, lean on the right hand of Jesus. He holds you up. Can I tell you what Psalms 27, let me paraphrase that whole chapter for you, is this. You want to paraphrase? I'll give you a tweet. You can say Psalms 27. This is what it all says. God's got it. That's what it says. God's already got it. He's got it squared away. He's taking care of it. Can I tell you this? Man, I don't know about you. When you have backup, your confidence soars, right? You ever thought, anybody ever, back before you were saved, okay, of course. Back before you were saved, you ever got in a fight? And you might have been getting beat up. But when backup came, woohoo! I got new energy now. Right? When backup comes, can I tell you, God is more than just a backup. God is what we lean on. He goes before us, He moves mountains, He opens seas. You know, there's a difference between seeing and having vision. There's a difference between seeing and having vision. And listen, and, 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 and there's a prime example of this. Seeing says this, I have too much month and not enough money. While vision says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Seeing says, I lost my job, but vision says, God's got something better for me. Seeing says, the doctor's report says, I'm dying, but vision says, you are Jehovah Rapha, you are my healer. The disciples we're seeing the problem. Jesus was being taken to court. He was being beaten and he was being crucified and they disbanded and it looked bleak to their human eyes. And they buried him and it looked like for uh, it looked like the last three and a half years were just a bust. And they were seeing the situation and not the answer. 
Look at this. Three days later, three days later, three days later, he rose. He defeated every foe that you could ever face. Can I tell you, whatever you're facing today, God's got it. Amen? Come on and give him praise. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. God, open our eyes. Help us to see. God, help us to see. We may feel like we're surrounded. We may feel like that where intimidation is happening right now. In a spiritual sense. But can I tell you this? Open your eyes. Because while you see things in the physical sense, there's an army around that army. A chariot and fire. And Elisha's just sitting there just chilling going, Gehazi, man, you just, God, open his eyes. Just let him see what I'm seeing right now. God's got this. Can I tell you this? Knowing God is with you puts our problems into their proper place. Knowing God is with you puts our problems in their proper place. And sometimes those problems get above our God. But can I tell you, God is bigger than your problem. And you need to walk in faith and you need to walk in confidence. See, we have to learn to trust in the Lord until, until this. And, and let me tell you this, no matter what it looks like, No matter what it looks like, the Apostle Paul would later write that we walk by faith. And it's not by what we see or what we feel, but it's about trusting the Lord. It's about trusting Him. With your heads bowed all across this building. And I pray today that I've been an encouragement to you because I needed this in my heart. God was stirring this in my heart. You're here today and you say, hey, I feel like the enemy's got me surrounded and I feel like I'm intimidated. And I feel like that maybe this week I've, I've walked in fear and I've not walked in faith and I've let my problem become bigger than my God. And today... You'd be man or woman enough to say, hey, you know what? I need to repent from that. I need to repent from that. I need to put God back into his proper place. With the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart right now. And you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You'd say, hey, that's, that's me, pastor. That's me. And I need prayer. Would you just lift your hand with no one looking around? Any hands? Come on. Thank you. Come on. I believe there's more. Thank you. Any more? Thank you. Any more? Come on. All right. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Just, you don't have to keep your hand up, but. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you don't know, have a per personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? Since we're on a week of elections. Today, you don't know that if you were to perish tomorrow, that you would make heaven. You don't know that you have a definite relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you that chance today. See, because I know this, the devil cast a vote for you, 
and God cast a vote for you. And can I tell you something today? You hold the deciding vote on an eternity with God and a relationship with Him. And I want to give you the opportunity. Hmm. Hmm. I want to give you the opportunity to make the best decision of your life. Because I promise you, it's the best decision that I've ever made. And you say, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. With no one looking around, no one looking around, I just want to pray with you today. Would you lift up your hand? Anybody in the building? The Holy Spirit's calling. He's wooing you. He's wooing you. Come on, anybody? Anybody? Come on. Don't walk in fear. Step in faith. Step in faith. All right. All right. Will you stand with me all across this building? God, I pray. Can you lift your hands? Can you lift your hands? God, I pray for all, Lord, who are walking in fear and discouragement today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. God, Lord, that you give us proper perspective. God, that you would help us to look up to you, God, not to the hills, God. Where does our help come from, Lord? It comes from you, God. Remind us of that, God. God, show us today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen hearts today. Lord, that your spirit would just begin to radically move. Lord, that it would would begin to just shift fear. Fear has to go in the name of Jesus. Fear and anxiety have to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, you beat it on the cross. Lord, you beat it on the cross. And we say, no more. God, I pray for those who are dealing, God, with situations, God, that seem impossible. God, maybe they feel like they're surrounded. God, maybe they feel like Gehazi, God, and the enemy has got them surrounded, and they feel intimidated. God, and they don't know what to do. God, I I pray, Lord, that that you would send an Elisha along to, to pray with them and say, God, God, will you just reveal to them, God, what you're doing behind the scenes? God, will you just show them, will you show them that you have them in the palm of your hand, that things are going to be okay, God, that you've got a great purpose and a destiny for them. So, God, we thank you for the work that you're doing and the work that you've done. Holy Spirit, move in this place. This is what I want to do today. They're going to sing this song again. And this, I'm going to do something that, that we haven't done, but I don't know. I feel like we need to do it. That's okay. They're going to sing this song again, but I don't think we would be out of order if we <clears throat> took a step of faith. And if you, if you don't feel like it, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. It's between you and God, but... If we took a step of faith today and showed the Lord that, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm running after you. And as they sing this, if you're, if you're dealing with anything, any type of situation, and this is what I, I want to do. This. Uh, I, I'm all messed up today. Sula, can you, can you bring, bring the prayer team down today? <laughs> and they're going to be down here. They're going to sing this song. 
if you're dealing with any situation or anything that seems impossible, can I tell you why they're here? They're not here to learn about stuff and, and, and your, your weaknesses. That's not why they're here. I promise you, uh, we don't talk to them. They don't tell us anything. Uh, but what, what they are here for today is to stand with you and say, God has got this. So they're going to sing this, and if you're dealing with any type of situation or problem, I'm going to give you the welcome to come down here. And even if you don't pray with them, I want you to do something. Take a step of faith today, and I want you to come down here as we sing this. Can we just exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just one time before we leave? Can we give him the praise that's due his name today? Is that okay? Is that okay? Come on, is that okay? Come on, let's sing this. Come on, sing it out. Miracle worker. Come on, church. Come on, sing it out. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, lift your hands. Yeah. 
Can I tell you, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, God's got it. God's got it. God has got it. You need to get that in your heart. You need to get that in your soul. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for praise. <laughs> Come on, stretch your hands this way. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. I'm looking for someone, but I don't see them right now. So that's okay. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to, you can be seated just for a second. I got a couple of announcements and uh, if they show up, then I'll just get out of the way this morning, but that's okay. Uh, I, I want to let you know of a few things that are going on. And that's number one is uh, the women's movie night. They've been going through a Bible study called Overcomer. And uh, it's been in uh, what I, I haven't been there. I've been a little bit jealous because I've been hearing a lot of feedback. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he missed his cue. That's all right. But I, I will, I'll do that first announcement. The women's movie night is is tuesday at, at 7 p.m here at the church and uh, come be a part i think they're gonna have popcorn some snacks and all that good stuff you might have all that information i you probably do you have there you have this paper that's perfect so hey do you guys appreciate appreciate aaron and carrie we love them let me tell you what since we've been here, it's been an honor and a joy to work with them. And uh, I tell you what, every day gets a little sweeter and sweeter and a little bit better and better. And, uh, and, and we're honored to have them. And, and you guys don't get to see them very often. I probably see them more than you guys just because they're out there. They're doing something that, that most people would not want to do. They're watching all your kids. And, so, and they're taking care of them. And so I just want to just give you guys honor today. And, and he's here to do announcements. That's why he was a little bit behind because he was probably dealing with my kids. So I'm going to let you... <laughs> No, no, it wasn't, no. Um, kids were great today, by the way. So, uh, and if you have any questions, what they learned about, we talked about David and Goliath. So if you want to ask, I don't, and we're probably different lessons because they're kids a little bit older, but David and Goliath in the Junior Rock, Kids Rock, uh, it's good to be out here. Uh, did he welcome guests yet? He, he has not. Okay. But if he did, I'm going I'm to welcome guests. If you are a guest here, we are so glad. And you guys are all guests to me because I don't see you. All right? So I'm glad all of you are here. Uh, but we are, if you are a guest, there's a little slip you can fill out and you can turn it into the back of the information desk and they'll give you a little prize. Not quite sure what it is anymore, but they'll give you uh, something. Uh, ties, I don't know if you cover that, but a lot of ways to pay ties. Um, so you can give outside, on, online, all kinds of different ways you can do that. Uh, women's movie night, we have Thanksgiving baskets. If you know someone that needs a Thanksgiving basket, we need their name today. 
That is late notice. I get it. But we need their name today. And we need uh, anything that you're going to donate. Uh, and there's a list. You'll find those places probably online as well. November 18th. And then pick up on the 21st at noon. So all that is is coming really, I, I don't know if you're, if it's like me, like October 31st, November 1st seems so far away. And then it's like you wake up the next morning and it's November 1st already. So that thing that was November 3rd is right then. You have two days to get prepared. I cannot flip my mind. I still can't. But it's coming up soon. And so we have uh, the candle fundraiser. Is, it's right outside, $10 a candle, please. I, I don't know if you have been on a Wednesday night, but our youth is exploding. All right? So please support them. Um, Matt and Brittany, Mackenzie, they are doing an, an awesome job working with the youth. And so, yeah, give them a round of applause. Yeah, that's... They're doing amazing. It's just, I, and you can just feel the energy. It's, it's uh, you know, plus they're teens, and it's, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, Thanksgiving communion, uh, November 22nd during morning service. And then uh, ladies' Christmas craft night, December 8th at 7 p.m. Okay, so you must sign up and pay by November 29th. So I think today is the, the 8th. Okay, so three weeks to get signed up. Uh, you got to sign up for that, and that is December 8th at uh, 7 p.m. And I think that's all the announcements. So, um, I guess I, you guys are dismissed. Is that? It's been so long.